The organization that sent these out is Opportunity Wisconsin is the organization. But a little checking finds out that Lacrosse's own Tara Johnson is on the board of Opportunity Wisconsin, as is one of the regional representatives for the AFL-CIO. So it didn't take a whole lot of digging to find this connection with, with this national labor union. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fian. Welcome to another edition of Fact Check. Fact Check is your only dependable source of state and local news from a conservative perspective. American politics has become a nasty business. Politicians seek to define their opponents as bad people. It's becoming more and more difficult for people to distinguish the truth from lies, uh, particularly with political advertising. Bill, why do we see so many negative ads? Because they work. I hear people complaining all the time about the negative ads, but the sad truth is that people continue to vote for candidates who go negative. It has also become a standard practice that third-party groups who are not part of the campaign run these ads. This allows the candidates to claim plausible deniability. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. (laughs) Right, right. So what prompted you to choose this particular topic? I've been concerned about this for a long time. It goes to whether or not people have good information to base their decision as to who they're going to vote for. And too many times people see a negative television ad or they receive a negative mailing and that becomes the basis on which they vote. What people really need to do is they need to take the time to do a little research into who the candidates really are and If they see something that's negative like this, they need to take a little time to see if there's anything to it or not. Uh, It's just too important. And earlier this year, we we did an entire podcast on the mailings that were being sent out against Senator Ron Johnson. And those mailings, the, the source was carefully hidden. But we did a little research. People can go back and and listen to the podcast. But it's the AFL-CIO labor union. It's the largest labor union in America that's funding these attacks on Johnson. And they're blatantly false accusations. What they said was that he wrote uh, tax legislation that favored his business. And uh, and the truth is that the legislation that he sponsored uh, was including small businesses, LLCs, pass-through companies in the same tax relief that the large corporations were going to get. This isn't something that was reprehensible. This is something that was really uh, a wonderful thing that he did to make sure that small businesses were going to get equal treatment with big corporations. And so that's just uh, one example of a consequential race uh, he's running against Mandela Barnes, who is basically a full-bore socialist. Uh, he'd fit right in with the squad. This this race will probably determine uh, who's going to control the United States Senate. And, man, it would just be terrible to think that the reason that Ron Johnson doesn't get reelected is because a labor union spent $30 million on mailings Uh, to convince people that he's a bad guy. Now, I know that on the mailing somewhere, it needs to disclose that, or does it not? Well, what's disclosed is the organization that sent these out is Opportunity Wisconsin is the organization. But a little checking finds out that Lacrosse's own Tara Johnson is on the board of Opportunity Wisconsin, as is one of the regional representatives for the AFL-CIO. So it didn't take a whole lot of digging to find this connection with with this national labor union. And, and they obviously have an agenda. 
how do we stop negative ads? Well, the first thing is um, until people stop voting based on these ads, uh, politicians are going to continue to to use them. And uh, one of the problems we have is with our our legal system uh, as it pertains to to this type of activity. And so current U.S. law on defamation is based on a 1964 U.S. Supreme Court decision called uh, New York Times versus Sullivan. And the decision in that case was that the standard was that you had to be able to prove actual malice in order to, uh, to find somebody guilty of defamation. To me, that's just an almost impossible standard to prove, you know, what was in somebody's heart when they, when they made these uh, attacks on you. So if you're a public figure in the United States, you're really subjected to every kind of uh, vile and false criticism, and you really have, under our current system, no recourse. So I think that what needs to happen here is we need some kind of legislation from Congress in which we create a different standard a more fact-based standard whereby we judge these cases because the the downside to all this is that it's divisive. It creates a horrible uh, atmosphere around politics in the U.S. That's why so many people are tuning out and and aren't interested in politics. Uh, I think there needs to be legislation to create a more reasonable standard. They get the postcard in the mail. How can they find out whether or not it's true? Right. Well, one thing you can do is what I did. I just went and Googled Opportunity Wisconsin, and pretty soon I found a website and it listed all the members of their board so I could get an idea of who the people were that were actually behind these really horrible uh, accusations against Senator Johnson. Uh, The other thing that you can do is you can check out some uh, more local types of news organizations. So in Wisconsin, some of the organizations that I like to follow, and all of these have uh, newsletters and websites that you can you can go to. Uh, Empower Wisconsin with Matt Kittle. We've had Matt on the show. He's an award-winning journalist. Empower Wisconsin is a great source. McIver Institute does a lot of reporting on the budget in the state of Wisconsin. Another dependable source of news that you aren't going to hear anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wisconsin right now is a newer organization. Uh, they have also received awards for their reporting. And, and of course, uh, the Fact Check Podcast. You know, we're, we're doing some of the work for you here today, you know, pointing some out. Some might say you're doing the Lord's work. Ah, if I'm doing <laughs> the Lord's work, I, I'm in my right place. Uh, another source uh, that I really like uh, is Dan O'Donnell's radio show on WISN out of Milwaukee. You can listen to that or you can listen to his podcast online. But Dan O'Donnell hosted a two-hour governor's debate. I really like Dan O'Donnell. Uh, he's somebody that approaches news with integrity. Obviously, there are a lot of conservative news outlets. Some are better than others. What are the news outlets that you don't recommend? Well, the, the one that I, I have really come to not trust is Mike Lindell's Frank speech. So this is run by the Mike Pillow guy, Mike Lindell. And his promo codes. <laughs> I understand he makes great pillows. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't produce uh, a good uh, source of news for people. And, and the first time that I really saw a major glaring problem uh, was when they were telling people that there were 250,000 fraudulent ballots cast in Wisconsin. And 
What that number was based on was the number of indefinitely confined elector votes in our state in November of 2020. So, um, you know, we can we can get into this in more detail, but what we know now from the Legislative Audit Bureau's audit of the election is that 80% of those people had previously provided an ID to vote, so those were legitimate ballots. They weren't fraudulent. Uh, the 20% who didn't provide IDs, well, this is a loophole that has to be there for our state voter ID law to be constitutional. Uh, there has to be a provision for people who are indefinitely confined to vote uh, because they will not be able to provide an ID. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the law in our state says that the voters, the sole judge as to whether they're indefinitely confined or not. Uh, other states uh, use a medical professional's opinion to, to achieve that. Uh, but the bottom line is that there were not 250,000 fraudulent votes in the state of Wisconsin. So that that's just a, a totally false allegation. Um, another more recent uh, problem with Frank's speech has been the reporting that voting machines in Wisconsin can be programmed to change the votes. So a Republican, get, Republican gets eight-tenths of a vote, a Democrat gets 1.2 votes. Um, I was just at the Republican State Executive Committee meeting on Saturday, and uh, because I'd heard these things from a number of different people, I asked our State Director of Intection, Election Integrity if these allegations are true, and he gave me uh, an unequivocal answer. The fact is that that is not true. It is not possible. Wisconsin uses machines that have a feature called Voter Verifiable Paper Audit Trail. So there is a paper audit trail for every vote that is cast in the state of Wisconsin. And he went on to say that 10% of the voting machines are going to be audited after the election. So it's just another example where misinformation is being spread, and this has a bad impact because it makes people question uh, the legitimacy of our elections in Wisconsin. That's not to say that there wasn't ballot harvesting, but that's a completely different issue. You can feel confident, and it's legit. Right. The votes that were cast in Wisconsin were overwhelmingly legitimate votes. Now, that doesn't mean there wasn't a lot of impropriety that went on. We talked about this in a previous podcast. Uh, for instance, the WC Democrat commissioners voted to keep the Green Party candidate off the ballot. That was 31,000 votes for Jill Stein in 2016. A reasonable person could conclude that those votes largely went for the Democrat candidate, in this case, Joe Biden, and Donald Trump loses the state by less than 21,000 votes. We've also talked about the five cities that received Zuckerbucks. So $5 million sent in to do get-out-the-vote campaigns in the five largest Democrat cities in Wisconsin. Some people think that that produced 165,000 additional Democrat votes. Uh, we can go on, but generally speaking, uh, from my perspective, what happened was Democrat clerks mailed out hundreds of thousands of absentee ballots in these Democrat stronghold cities. And then the Democrats did ballot harvesting. Uh, they, they used text messages, phone calls, door knocking to make sure that those uh, votes were cast. So, uh, so I bring that up because I think it's important to note that there may have been some shady politics involved saying that the voting machines were rigged is absolutely false. And any organization that purports that that is true is probably not a legitimate news source. Right. You have to question their motives in, in why they're perpetuating this. And I'll just say that 
What I'm talking about is what I know to be facts here in the state of Wisconsin. Some people might have seen that Governor Evers' lawsuit against me was dismissed last week. Yeah, by congratulations. Court. I thought you'd bring champagne. Yeah, and what was that lawsuit? <laughs> I sued over the certification of our election in Wisconsin. Uh, and that was in November of 2020. I wasn't a Johnny come lately. I was one of the first people to file suit uh, other than Trump. And why did I file that suit? Because there are a lot of questions about how our election was conducted. One question I had at the time, which I still have, is isn't there an equal protection argument in what happened in Wisconsin? How can we allow clerks to mail out hundreds of thousands of absentee ballots in Democrat strongholds when Voters who live in rural areas don't get the same opportunity to vote. That is not an equal application of the election across our state, and I think that taints any result of our election. You know, we also do have questions about indefinitely confined elector status. And there are a lot of other things. The, the state legislature has already passed, I believe it's 14 bills to tighten up some of the problems that happened here. But I think generally speaking, what we can say is Democrats use the cover of COVID-19 to do things in this election like ballot drop boxes, which have now been ruled unconstitutional by the state Supreme Court. I think if there's one thing that is going to make a huge difference in terms of cleaning up our elections, it's eliminating the ballot drop boxes. That, that's just something that, that I think is common sense. All right. So aside from doing your own homework and making sure that you're not just buying into the rhetoric that's on a postcard or in a radio ad, what should people do if they think they see a problem on Election Day? Well, they can contact me. Uh, my, my contact information is generally available anywhere, but you can go to lacrossegop.org and email the chairman. Um, Send out the bad signal for Bill Fian. <laughs> what, what we have now is we have a huge team of people that are dedicated to election integrity in the state of Wisconsin. I, I think it's somewhere around 25 people now, and that doesn't include the attorneys. So uh, this just happened in our most recent primary election. There were a couple things that happened in the city of La Crosse that we responded to. But if you see a problem with the elections, uh, contact me, and uh, I'll make sure that the right people are notified, and you can bet that it will be addressed. If you see it, say it. And you can do so on our Facebook group, Fact Check Wisdom with Bill Fian. Thank you for listening. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fian. And this was another episode of Fact Check, your only dependable source of state and local news from a conservative perspective.